everyone, and welcome back to Across Area's most inconsistent uh, podcast uh, series on this That's network. True. It's pretty inconsistent. We don't ever know when we're going to record. And personally, I think that has to do with the name. Uh, this is the It's Tangent Time podcast, guys. Yes, and my name is Willis Kamen. Alongside me is the peanut butter to my jelly, the Sam, the Sam to my team, the Roy Harper to my green arrow. Yes, Michael J. Petty here. Yeah, Michael John Petty. What's going on? Lots and lots of news. Can we start with Constantine? Because no one seems to care. <laughs> AK, just me. <laughs> oh, you care. Okay, that's what, that's No, what I, I, I don't I don't care. I don't care. That's what I'm saying. Okay, okay yeah. Um, if this was like a year ago, I think more people would care. But there's so much... Like, DC news, live-action TV news. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I th- and I think people are more excited for Flash because they know it's by the people who did Arrow, and I think people are excited for Gotham because it's a Batman-based show, and Constantine's kind of just left in the mud. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, in terms of underground fandom, there's, in DC, there's two. There's the Flash, and then there's the Green Lantern. What do you mean by that? I mean, underground in the sense of, um, they're not in the forefront, but the, but the comic book fans still love them and care about them. True. And I think with, I think, and now that we're talking about the Flash, what are your thoughts on the suit? I love the suit. Do you miss the, do you miss the white background on the logo? Yeah, I do, but I think I I almost wonder if this is just his first version. Yeah. I I don't think this will be the final version by the time the series ends. Let's just say that. Kind of like Clark's blur outfits, I think it's going to be somewhat similar to that. Blur? I don't know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, uh, yeah, um because this is closer to the new 52 look. That's what the look they're going for here. Yeah. Well, and and I I kind of but the look is very new 52. The look is definitely very new 52. And and I like that it's been updated and modernized. Like unlike the 90s series uh logo or not logo, sorry, suit, it's not bulky. It's not this big um Burton-esque thing that they're putting on because they knew it worked for Batman. They're using what they know works for Arrow and for superheroes in general and for and what works with a character who can run at super speed. I mean, they've had a lot of practice the with Smallville. Series, and I've not seen it in years, but they tried to do the Hulk and they tried to, tried to do like George Reeves' Superman series and a little bit of Burton Batman and it just didn't work. Yeah, well, I mean, I really liked the show. If we're going to be honest, I really liked the old Flash show. I, it was very entertaining for me. I'm really glad that the original Flash is going to be in this Flash pilot, at least. Hopefully the rest of the series as well. But, I, I mean, it, it's I'm dated. Sorry, it's dated. Dawson's, he's Dawson's dad to me at this point. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, he's the Flash to me, but I get that, it. That has not aged in 15 years. No. No. Well, he, well, he is like seven feet tall in real life. No, I'm just kidding. John Wesley Ship is a big guy. Know who are about seven feet tall in real life? Andre the Giant. The, guy, the guys from Kiss. At least when they wear those boots. I met them once, and they were the tallest people I've ever met. Was Gene Simmons very receptive to you? They were all pretty receptive, actually, but I think that's kind of because we paid to meet them. Yeah. But other than that. Oh, yeah, that's 
You want them to be receptive? Pay for and yeah, not, exactly. Not Kiss, it's just the truth. Like, I, I love Kiss. I've seen them twice. They're great, but, you, you know. Because you want to rock and roll men party every day? You know it. Well, I'm the God of Thunder and rock and roll. I'm Mr. Speed, so we're all good. Well, technically, Thor is the God of Thunder. By the way, that would be a great way to start up his intro into Avengers Age of Ultron. I would, I would love it if Tony was playing that song and Thor just walks in. Yeah. That would be fantastic. And Chris Hemsworth would be like, what? What? Talk about a good way for Kiss to make money. They like to make money so much. I mean, that works. Yeah. You could have Gene Simmons in there somewhere in the next Thor movie. By the way, the Thor The Dark World is out on Blu-ray. And and it's it's okay. I mean, the Blu-ray release is not as good as the Avengers was in terms of Blu-ray release. Well, yeah, and they kind of had to make the Avengers one better anyway because it's the Avengers. Well, and I think Disney really doesn't like to do feature events on Marvel stuff. I don't. I think their thing is like you want the big part of the movie is the movie, and I appreciate that. I, I do. I do too. Yeah, I need to get Thor: The Dark World. I still don't have Iron Man three. I need to get that on DVD at least. But but to be fair, if you're paying twenty twenty two bucks for a Blu-ray that doesn't even have a DVD copy, you you need to have some good special features. Oh, does it not have a DVD copy or no, digital it, copy? No, it does not. Not at this point. Which I thought was a complete ripoff in two thousand fourteen. Oh, that is a ripoff. Yes. Well, maybe I won't get it then. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'll just get a digital copy. Just get it on iTunes. Maybe, uh, yeah, that's what I mean. I might just do that then, because yeah. yeah, that's a ripoff. Uh, by the by the way, going going back to Kiss real quick. Okay, the, this is just a side vote. Okay. Uh, they're getting inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which I'm really excited about because they've needed it for like 15 years yeah, that they've been trying to get in. Yeah, but here's the thing: they wanted the original band to get back together to play because it's the original band getting inducted, but they're not doing it. Yeah. They they refuse to play with the original band. They only want the current lineup because that's the one they've been promoting the last eleven years. Yeah, and quite and quite honestly, if they're not gonna like, if you're not gonna pay them to play, I mean, this is Kiss's thing from the very beginning. If you're not gonna pay them to play, they're not gonna play. Yeah. I'm no, sorry. I know. I, yeah, I mean, and it's that's just the way they are. That's the way they always are. Yeah, I mean, it's just frustrating, too, because they're going to get inducted, but they're not going to be able to even play at their induction ceremony. And it's because the same thing as, like, Led Zeppelin, because Bonzo's not around anymore, or John Lennon's not around anymore for the Beatles. It's right. Like, that, that kind of thing's different. Right, whereas here, all the guys are still alive, and Ace and Peter are still willing to even play. They just they just can't, because Gene and Paul said no, yeah. which is frustrating, but whatever. You know, just just needed to throw that out there. Well, if you can't get the whole lineup, then just don't do it. Yeah. Well, they could easily get the whole lineup. The problem is Peter, or Peter, Gene and Paul are kind of just being pills about it. Yeah. But, because of Tommy and um, Eric, but whatever. Yeah. Um, going back to Flash for a little bit, I don't know how much this is going to be like the new 52, even though it does kind of look like the new 52. The suit... Um, um, it's hard, it's hard to gauge something that was shot on a Samsung Galaxy phone. 
Yes. It's hard to yes. I think that's something that needs to be said because there's so much hearsay about the internet and this is one of the reasons why I don't like the internet or people on the internet, I should say. Because they always do these like, knee-jerk reactions when it comes to these things. Yep. Well, and can we talk about this too, fast? When Arrow first came out when we first saw the behind the scenes sets the suit did look pretty good but it looked better when they edited it for the promotional stuff i think the flash suit looked really good in the two promotional images they sh- showed us yeah but again this is jeff john's baby i mean i mean like the, like his whole thing and this is and i'm gonna get a little controversial here this is why his wally run wasn't really that his wally west run wasn't that good Surprising that five times fast. Um, because he loves Barry Allen. And, and that's fair, but I'm just talk I'm just talking about visual a visual standpoint, not necessarily a story standpoint. Well, I'm I'm just saying he's gonna put everything he can into this because he saw what happened with Green Lantern and he doesn't want that to happen to Flash. Well, yeah. I guess. I don't know. I quite frankly he has never said anything bad about Green Lantern. And I don't think he ever will. So well, I, I'm doesn't. taking that as he secretly likes it. He doesn't need to, though. Is that fair? No, I don't think so. Because there are a good amount of people who like that movie. Okay, okay. But Flash, the casting is great. The The suit looks good. Yeah. The, th- the thing of it is, pilots are the hardest things to do. I'm taking a TV production class right now, or a TV sitcom writing class right now, um, and my teacher says, and I totally agree, pilots are the hardest thing in the world to do. Yeah. Because it's not like doing a movie. It's not. And the, no. And why do you think there's so many shows that have backdoor pilots now? Well, I mean, heck, The Flash and Supernatural Bloodlines are both back, backdoor pilots. Because they only get picked easier. up based off of their backdoor pilots. And it's much easier to do it that way rather than start fresh. I agree. I think NCIS was the first show that actually did like a backdoor pilot. Well, that's because there are like 50 NCIS shows. No, there's only two. It feels like 50. It's well, it's more than enough. Well, it's, because, <laughs> it's because CBS has so many darn cop shows. It's not even funny. I know. It's, it is ridiculous. I hate cop shows so much. If you wanted... If, I've, uh, if you wanted a... By the way, speaking of CBS, and this ties into CBS, if you wanted a big name to play China White on Arrow, you should have got Grace Park. That would have been good. But I mean, Kelly Who is still still a good I catch. Love, I love Kelly Who, but if you wanted like a big name, what better geek name than the hottest Korean woman on the planet right now? And that's Grace Park. I can say that because I'm Korean. <laughs> Fair. I mean, you watch her on Hawaii Five O. Is this woman like not in some kind of a music outfit? I mean, I don't wa- I don't watch Hawaii Five O, but I know her for sure. I mean, you see the promos. That's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Um. Going to going to Gotham because we haven't really talked Gotham that much. This is gonna be bait. I I'm gonna give a shout out right now to Mr. Bill Meeks. He runs a, a podcast called Greetings from Storybook. It's about Once Upon a Time. We'll talk Once Upon a Time a little bit later. But he mentioned on an interview he did that this this Gotham show is gonna be based off the com- comic book series Gotham Central. Is that correct? You concur with that? I would agree with that. And 
Have you read Gotham Central? I have read parts of Gotham Central. I have not read the full series, but I know it's all in collected editions. There are four collected editions out. Um, that that is the whole run. How much? But I've I've. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just gonna say I think that this series is going to be based a lot on Gotham Central and how it and how it plays out and how it works in between the interactions between the different people in the GPD. But I think also um, it's going to be heavily influenced by Batman Year One. Okay. Which I which I've always really saw as a Jim Gordon story more than a Bruce Wayne story anyway. So I think we're going to see a lot of those elements in there as well. And by the and by the way, Michael and I are not doing a Gotham podcast because everybody on the whole darn internet is going to do a Gotham podcast. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, we'll talk about it on Tangent Time, like we talk about Supernatural on Tangent Time, but that's about it, probably. But it's it's like Agents of Shield. The reason why Michael and I, one of the reasons why we didn't do one is because we knew that like half the internet was going to have one. And because. Other reasons. Yes. <laughs> one one thing I will say about Agents of Shield, I've not seen the new episodes yet, but they really need to do some like extreme makeover infrastructure on their writing teams. I watched the one where Sky was in the coma the whole episode, and I loved it because she was in the coma the whole episode. And Sky is hot. And Sky's hot, and it actually moved the plot forward. I was shocked. It was the one episode in like five episodes I watched. Since the mid-season finale, I was pleased. ABC is just like a train wreck in terms of scheduling, in terms of launching shows, and this, that, and the other. No, no, it's a train wreck in terms of scheduling right now. The CW, when they moved Tomorrow People away from Wednesday nights and put it on Monday night so that the 100 could be on Wednesday. That makes me mad. So after Arrow, guys, turn the CW off. Don't watch the 100 because they're trying to replace the Tomorrow People. I'm sorry, what is the... The whole thing about the 100, I keep saying to myself, kind of like, like the event. It's like, what is the 100? Yeah, it's. I think it's definitely different than the event. I actually wanted to watch the 100, but Stargate I found out that... Stargate makes more, more sense to me. Not that I'm, Stargate? Yeah, no, no, no. Like, I love Stargate. Like, no, Starcrossed or whatever the... Oh, Starcrossed, yeah. 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 Not that I watch that show, but it's like, that made more sense to me in the promo than the 100. Well, the CW is trying to take out the Tomorrow People with the 100, so I'm basically just trying to tell people, don't watch the 100 because Tomorrow People is actually good. I didn't. I did think it was possible, but Pain List has actually gotten hotter. Well, that's true. <laughs> and, and Alexa Vega is on the Tomorrow People now, and she's led, totally being, different. Be, being led by Satan. Being led by Satan, but she's really attractive now. Well, yeah, like, I mean, she was she was attractive in Spy Kids back when I was a kid, but she's definitely really attractive now. It's creepy. It really is. It is, because she even looks like she doesn't even look like she did. Yeah. It's so crazy. And, and like, Cindy Lou Who does now? Oh, well, that's that's just disturbing. I don't she, even like looking she, at her. Because she still, her face still looks the same, but my God. I know. Tyler Momsen, I mean, she's Tyler really screwed Momsen, up. You mean? T- Taylor Momsen, sorry, is it's kind of screwed up, yeah. but but you know, in that like really <laughs> as is Hollywood, yeah, no, but in that really trashy girl way that you knew her in high school. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, any, any, unless you were homeschooled, you at least knew one or two trashy, really good-looking girls that you were like, yeah, I'm into you because you're hot and trashy. But still, <laughs> out of my time now. <laughs> 
did I just say that? <laughs> Wait, did I say that out loud? Yeah. <laughs> um, nice. God, but going back to Gotham Central, who created Gotham Central? Who wrote the series? Yeah. I think it was Greg Rucka. Oh. See, that's, that's surprising because he's a really hit and miss to me. Oh, really? See, I, I always liked his Batman stuff. I really like No Man's Land. But, oh, um... he wrote that one. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not too familiar with his work. Do you like the idea of having this just be, like, NCIS and Gotham? I think that's a lot more interesting than NCIS. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know how young Selena Kyle and young Bruce Wayne will fit into this. All I know is that from the way it sounds, Gordon is going to be a friend to an 11, 12-year-old Bruce Wayne. And if Bruce is about 11 or 12, it's about a good age for him to start training. So Or just getting into trouble. I could see him getting into trouble a lot. Yeah, Greg Rucka, Ed Brubaker, they were the ones who did Gotham Central. Yeah, but yes. I could see Selena Kyle being like a runaway kid from like a foster kid. Yeah. Because you can't have her in a good family. No. Well, and what I really like about their casting for that char- for that girl is she looks like um, Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, okay. Um, I hope it's not Michelle Pfeiffer in Batman Returns, though, because that was just messed up. Like, I, but, she, really but she looks like her, which I think is cool. Yeah. It would be in nicer, context of this. It would be nicer if like, it would, she'd be like Anne Hathaway or something like that. That's true, but even so, I mean, it's it's still pretty neat. Now, I will say, Ben McKenzie, the guy who's playing uh, Gordon, yeah, I I kind of love that guy right now because he tweeted a bunch of uh, books, Batman books that he's reading to prep for his character, and he's reading Gotham Central, he's reading Batman Year One, he's reading Batman Earth One, he's reading The Long Halloween, which is my favorite Batman story, and he's Lobe. reading Dark Victory. Lobe. Yeah. I, I was very impressed that I saw he had all those graphic novels and he was going to read them. Well, I was very impressed. Res- it's called research. Well, I understand, but I don't. But not all actors get into their characters like that. That's why I or, respect or, Anne Hathaway because she didn't have to go, go in too too deep into that character. Because Catwoman, you can like color outside the lines, and you don't really need to do a lot of research. All you really have to do for her version of Catwoman is read Batman Hush. Or or even, but she went into the original, like, and this surprised me, she actually went into the original Bob Kane, like, archives and found out that he based the character off of Hedy Lamar. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, Anne Hathaway was the hottest Catwoman I've ever seen. Because the way she spoke. I don't know. I'm still a little bit attracted to Lee Merriweather, but... I'm glad no one noticed it on the Batman original Batman TV show that they changed Catwoman. That they changed Catwoman three times. Yeah, and no one cared. And it was all because of Adam West. Yeah. No, <laughs> sir, Adam Wee. Adam, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Adam Wee. He, <laughs> he needs to be. He needs to be Gotham somewhere. He yes, he should be like the mayor. Yes. Adam West is the mayor of Gotham. I would be totally if on board Gotham with this. Still alive, he could still like, be like a hot dog vendor or something. Yes, that'd be fantastic. I would love it. Or, or have them be like the characters in The Incredibles, where they're like, "That's old school, no school." Yes. Old school. Yes. 
I love that. Also, those two characters from The Incredibles appeared in The Iron Giant, too. Yeah, because they're the, they're the uh, one, two of the original animators, Ollie, and I can't remember what the other guy's name is. Yep, and they're both Brad Bird movies. Well, it's because they're his, like, teachers. Right. And they taught, like, basically any old school Disney movie from Snow White to Jungle Book, I think, those guys had a hand in it. It's just cool that they finally got some recognition out of it. In both the Warner Brothers and the Disney movie. Yeah. That's very cool to me. Um, But Gotham Central, I really like for just two words. Harvey Bullock. Yeah. The guy that cast totally looks like Harvey Bullock to me. Yeah. He looks the part. And Ben McKenzie, I've known him from the OC... He was perfect casting, I thought. When I heard about him, I was like, yeah, that's a great cast. I have not, I have personally not seen him in anything, but he looks the part to me. And the way he's going about approaching the part is very reassuring to me. So I am, I'm up for it right now. I'm all for it right now. some attraction early on, or or Bruce and Selena need to meet in the show. I think that would be really cool. Like, and I think it would be funnier if he's he's attracted to her, but... She's not feeling it. At least not right away. Yeah. Maybe later down the line. I I think that'd be cool. People argue with me all the time that like they're not like a couple or they're not like a they're not true love or anything like that. It's well, it's because they're so screwed up. And have you ever seen Batman the animated series? <laughs> well, even in that show, or read a Batman comic? Even in that show, it was more much more of like a back and forth tit a tat between the two of them. It was never, it was never the sense of like, you know, I'll be home in forty-five minutes. Yeah, with or without your cowl. Well, I don't think that's ever going to be a possibility between them anyway, outside of the Earth Two universe. But and see, that's what I liked about Birds of Prey, even though they never actually showed it. Like, it's nice that they actually were a couple in that universe. Yeah. Well, they're quite honestly, they're a couple in just about every version of the DC universe at some point. Yeah, and I like that Alfred, Alfred likes Selena, where he do- doesn't pay any like real attention to anybody else. Yeah, I like that too. Who's well, no, he pay he pays attention to Vicky Vale, but other than that, yeah, but like he again, like Alfred is very much Bruce's dad. Yes, he's his surrogate dad. And yes, that's why, and that's why like. That's one of the reasons why Dark Knight Rises didn't, really didn't resonate with a lot of people. Like, that was one of the sm- small things in Dark Knight Rises that people just didn't like. And I get that Nolan try- took him out of the movie halfway through because he was basing it on a comic arc, or an arc from the comics where Alfred did leave Bruce because of stuff he was doing. But it it just did not work in context of the other two movies. It didn't, well, it did, well, it didn't, forget the other two movies, it didn't jive in this movie. Well, right. But here's the thing with The Dark Knight Rises. It do- it makes no sense unless you've seen the other two movies. Yeah. It's, it is not a standalone movie at all. It is strictly and solely only a conclusion movie. Where That's all it is. Saw, if you didn't see Batman Begins, like, it, it helped to see it, but you really didn't need to see it. If you, if you, if you went in watching The Dark Knight, you didn't need to see Batman Begins. Well, the, one of, I forget which one, but one of the guys on Fanboys Inc., that's another podcast out there that I think is fantastic. They do a great job. But he went to see The Dark Knight, not even knowing Batman Begins came out. 
and he saw it and he loved it, and then he realized, oh wait, there's a movie before this. Shoot that movie! It's like that never happened. The only right. inkling that you get from that movie is oh, actually, to Scarecrow and the the mob, the Falco, yeah. Falco crime family. But even yeah. then, like, like they really didn't. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. By the way, Eric Roberts, you are not an intimidating man. Stop trying to be intimidating. Mm. You are not Funny. as char- you are not uh, you are not as charismatic as um, Emma or Julia. So just stop, stop. <laughs> I'm sorry. Everything that I I've seen him and I've just said this. Oh, you're in, you're in a movie because of your last name. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's terrible, but it's hilarious. And it's true. It's true. Yeah. And by the way, Emma Roberts. You should be be more, much more of a mean person on film because I think that fits her personality more. You saying she's mean? Well, she plays like aloof and sarcastic and crass more naturally than she does playing the playing a good person. I don't know her personally, but it's like that just seems more her speed. Mm-hmm. Whereas her aunts, like I don't think, can ever play a bad. Like, even in that Snow White movie, like, it was so off-putting. <laughs> the, uh, the Snow White and the Huntsman one? No, the other one. Oh, the Mirror Mirror? Yeah. You know what I mean? I did not see that one. I like, saw the other one. You know what I mean? It's like, you, there's some people that you just never want to boo. Yeah. And, and on the other side of it, you there's some people that you never want to cheer for. Like, Javier Bardem. Yeah. Um, if you don't know who that is, watch um, No Country for Old Men or Skyfall. He's the Skyfall. Skyfall. Yeah. I love um, Skyfall so much. I, that, that, they're going to have a hard time topping that one. Well... I think with the next two, they really want to go back into the plot lines from Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace because they still have to beat Quantum. Yeah. Um, because they still have to beat Quantum because they never did anything with it after, at the end of uh, Quantum of Solace. No, they really didn't. They really didn't. They just, and that was one of the problems people have with Quantum of Solace is they just didn't do anything with it afterwards. Now, well, and their their full intention is to do something with it in Bond 24. Like, that's, they're picking up the plot line again. The reason they didn't for Skyfall is because it was the anniversary movie. Yeah, and I understand that. Quite honestly, I don't think the movie would have done as well as it did if they didn't do that, if that makes sense. I, I don't disagree, yeah. Yeah. Well, and they're bringing back the big Bond villain for uh, 24, too. I forget his name. Please let it be Blofeld. Yes, that's it. Yes. The, They're bringing him back, so the, I'm excited. Because they, because they finally have the rights to him, because for the last 15 years or so, they didn't have the rights to him. Which doesn't make any sense to me, but whatever. Okay, here's my favorite thing about James Bond that has nothing to do with James Bond. My cousin, my little cousin was watching, I think it was Skyfall, or, yeah, it was Skyfall. And, and like, James Bond meets up with, with a chicken. He starts making out with her, and she just says to my other cousin, "Ew, he's ki- he's kissing her. She doesn't he doesn't even know him. He doesn't even know him." <laughs> That's hilarious. Yes, yes. Keep that innocent kid. 
That's so funny. Yeah. Um. Uh, going back to Constantine for a little bit, I feel really bad for that show. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I know there are a lot of people who like the character. I don't. I I think the character's a jerk. I hate him. It's, I don't even care. He's not Christopher Chance. He he's like the supernatural version of Christopher Chance, but with a lot more ego and a lot more attitude. And I don't like it. I I just don't. I I do not like it at all. So I don't. I don't even care if it fails. Human Target Season Two. Somewhere, please. It was on iTunes, and they took it off. Uh, it was all on iTunes, and they took it off. I don't know if it's on Netflix. No, it's not. It's not? I mean, That's unfortunate. Mean, all I want to do is watch the second season again. I don't even did you, I don't even did you ever anything. see the second season? Yeah, I did. Okay. Because yeah. season two is fantastic. I love season two. Even though they, spoiler alert, they ended it on a cliffhanger, it's still good. Yeah. And that poor girl that played Ames just cannot hold hold down a job. I feel bad. No. Yeah, that is really sad. Because she, she Janet, Janet Montgomery, yeah, I like her a lot. She is a really good actress. I really yeah. Do. And I, and really, the, the character of Ames in Human Target Season 2, there's so many ways to screw that up and make her not likable. But she was likable, and you did like her. And she was really fun. But it's very easy to screw that up and make her unlikable. Yeah. Um, by the way, I'm glad to hear that um, Sleepy Hollow's been renewed in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yes. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is hilarious. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is the bomb. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I don't know if you saw the diet episode. When... No, I didn't. Okay. Um, somebody steps on Santiago, Santiago's like almond or... Peanut or something, and and that—that's all she's had to eat. That's basically her diet: is one orange slice, one one mint, and then one almond. They step on it, and she goes, "It was a cashew, you moron! I hope you're driving a tug. I hope you have aneurysm after aneurysm after aneurysm." Oh my gosh! I have to see it. I quite frankly, Wu, I think Brooklyn Nine Nine is funnier than Big Bang Theory this season. Because well, I, I, I have not watched Big Bang Theory since episode ten. By the way, that has been renewed for three seasons. Which I'm, is, I'm glad that it has. Yeah, which is unprecedented for any show ever to get picked up, like officially get picked up for that many. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I am, gl- I, I will, I will give them a clap for that because that's pretty cool. And Andy Babak, our friend from the Helicarrier podcast, we were talking off microphone the other day, and he didn't understand it. But when you get twenty-one million viewers every week, yeah. and that's just in the U.S., yeah, like that's a lot of people. Yeah, so it's guaranteed that Big Bang Theory. Well, at this point, like you. In, in the foreseeable future, there's no way Big Bang Theory is going to lose viewers. No. Well, not like Tank. And even Tank for CBS is like 8 million, which is not bad. No. Not at all. Because That's not, still more than Arrow gets on a weekly basis. The time that your mother averages like 10 million a week. Wow. Which is, which is still much more than, you know, a lot of other When is the finale? Because I will actually watch that episode live. The end of this month. Okay. Like, literally, like, the last day of this month. 
So it's on a Sunday? No, the 31st is a Monday. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. I, I am going to be so sad. I'm just going to be so sad. And I love the woman that plays the mother. And yes, we do not know her name yet. You don't know her name yet? Hasn't she? They just call... Every time he refers to her, he refers to her as honey or baby or... That, that's... See, that would frustrate me. <laughs> well, I mean, when you're in a relationship, do you call... Uh, I mean, how regularly do you call someone by their first name? Often. <laughs> but that but that's just me. <laughs> I, just, I, just say, I just say honey a lot. Yeah. And I'm that's fair. I'm in, lo- I'm in love with the mother. There I said it. Chris Emiliotti is beautiful. And I'll, I'll send you her version. It's only an abbreviated version of La Vie and Rose. And I think she has like one of the most beautiful voices I've ever heard. That's awesome. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm going to be really depressed. But here's the thing. How I Met Your Dad, the spinoff... You can't call something a spin-off just because the same creators are, are working on it. But isn't it from the mother's perspective no, this time? No, it's not. It's a different, it's a totally different cast. Oh, that's lame. Yeah, so you can't call something a spin-off unless you have one character from the original series. Yeah, that's lame. And why wouldn't you call it How I Met Your Father? Because that sounds better than How I Met Your Dad. Yeah. I guess they, I guess they just wanted to buck tradition there, which, which makes no sense to me. I'll watch the pilot, but you know, you know, every everybody's trying, everybody that has been on a sitcom that's tried to do a spinoff of a sitcom is trying to be Frasier in so, some way or another, and like when you try to be something that you're not. Yeah, I'm just mad. Goodwin Games was gone. I liked it actually. I did too. I was really into it. I'm that not gonna lie. Is like the most cutest thing ever. And I loved Jimmy. He was hilarious. <laughs> he was so funny. I, I, I just love Chloe. Jack Hughes. Yes, Chloe was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was, I was I so mad when my, I found I out that, that wasn't coming back. Life now. Jack Hughes. <laughs> I was I was so furious when I found out that was not coming back. I was I was furious that they abbreviated the hell out of that show. Yeah. It was supposed to be a full season pickup, then it got got moved to May, then it got moved to like July. I was like, yeah. Kidding me? Why not? Why not just sell the rights to Hulu or Netflix and let them run the entire thing? Netflix that would be a perfect show for Netflix, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. It would. And it's and it's really sad to me how many of like how I met your mother people I've noticed on Goodwin Games because I've noticed at least three. Oh yeah. And actually, the girl that played April, the attorney, actually was on a recent episode of How I Met Your Mother. Hey, that's April. Oh, at least she had some. Uh, at least she has some job. Yeah, it was a bit part, but even I, so, I, I want to take a step back here for just a second. Um, I, I wanted to, like, relate to our audience why I am the cynical man that I am. Well, not cynical, critical man when it comes to fiction. I told this to Michael, like, once, and I'll relate here. And, and I don't want any sympathy or I don't want any, like, you know, condolences or this, that, and the other. Here's the thing. 
I'm in constant conflict from word one, from the time I wake up to the time I go to sleep. I am in constant conflict. And it's not just day-to-day -day conflict. I have conflict, you know, just brushing my teeth in the morning. I have conflict where other people wouldn't even think twice about doing something like brushing their teeth or going and taking a shower. With that said, when I watch fiction, I want it to be the best that I can. And it, if you you are writing under what under what what is the top bar or what you're capable of, may, may I add? That's why I get critical. Like I get so much frustration in my life. This is why I am so critical about things, especially when I'm paying to see something. Like I don't want, you know, I want your best. I don't want 95%. I don't want 80. I don't want anything other than 100%. That is why I'm so critical. And I think that's fair. Yeah, it's fair. It's I mean the exact opposite of me, but yeah. it's fair. Yeah. And like I told Michael once in a long behind at least I'm not unre unrealistically critical. Right. I mean, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're gonna be because that would just get old, and I would be I'd quit podcasting yeah. probably. Because quite quite honestly, I don't just criticize for the sake of criticizing, and, and I try and I try to make it very clear. Just because I don't like something doesn't mean that it's not good. Right. There's right. A big, there's a big difference between things that you like and things that are just not good. Well, and it doesn't mean you can't like it. Yeah. Even if you don't like it. Yeah. Like, I like Green Lantern. I, I'm pretty sure you do not. <laughs> and this going into Green Lantern, I'm sorry, but that thing was... Midway through the production, they should have just said... Or midway through the pre-production, I should say, they should have just thrown their hands up and said, you know what, let's start fresh because this ain't working. I don't know. I out of like almost all the superhero movies I have, that's one of the most rewatchable ones for me. And and is this because you like it or do you think that it's good? It's because I like it. I don't necessarily okay, think it's you, good. There you go. But I like it. Cuz here is the thing every movie Actually, let, actually let me take a step back. I think parts of it are very good. And as a whole, good, it's not necessarily good. And that's good. And that's which is yeah, fine. that's good enough for me. Which is fine. I'm not saying that, but here, but I think Guggenheim, Cressberg, I don't know if Berlanti was involved in this movie or not. He was. And Jeff Johns, I think all of them have kind of alluded to the fact that during somewhere in the production of this movie, something really, really big happened that changed the whole tone of the movie. Yep. And I don't know what that is. I'm not going to speculate it. But we all, I mean, generally, if you're on Facebook, if you're on the internet in general, you know what we're talking about. And if you've seen the movie, you know what we're talking about. Yeah. And this kind of leads into, um, man, I wanted to talk about Man of Seal. I've watched the movie about four times. It's not bad. It's not my favorite. But it's not bad. And I think the Superman backlash of of this is what Superman gets really affected that movie. And to that I say this, you know, boo-hoo. You didn't really love Superman, so I don't think you have a place to to criticize or be critical about something. 
Well, I don't know if that's necessarily true either. Well, I mean, uh, let me say this. I don't watch Revolution. Is it fair to me to criticize something that I never, never watched and never liked? No. And that's what people are doing with Superman. But, to be fair, if you've seen Man of Steel, even if you're not necessarily a Superman fan, you can definitely criticize it because you've seen it. But a lot of the hate comes from the fact that they don't like Superman. That's true. And that's, and that's my point. Like, well, and you and I both really enjoyed Man of Steel. I give, you gave it a 5 out of 5 initially. And now, now I give it a strong 4 out of 5 just because I don't... Like, and this has... This is more for me as a technical person. I thought the pacing of that movie was really odd. I, you know, I've seen it so many times. I don't even care anymore. Yeah. I just enjoy watching the movie see, because I'm I think like it's one good. Of those minute detail guys, as most of you have co- probably caught on by now, because I was that's how I was trained in film school and in the, the right. This is something that I'm uh, I'm not gonna go away from because quite honestly, a lot of people have, and that's that's wrong in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in other movies, I can get away with it because if the strengths outweigh the weaknesses, I overlook it just because that, that's the kind of person I am. In these types of movies, in movies that are supposed to be fun, that's what I do. But in this, but in this sense, I can't overlook it because it's just so, what's the word I'm looking for? So obvious that I can't overlook it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's throughout the movie, I should say, too. I went back and rewatched Batman Begins, which it does that too to an extent. It's not as bad, but it's a similar idea. Well, I think it's too many cooks in the kitchen with that movie, Man of Steel. Yeah. Whereas no, whereas Nolan, right or wrong, like he did it the way he wanted to do it, and he had his vision. Right. And may I, may I say this in the subject of remakes or relaunches of franchises and this and the other? This is not usually due to the writers. This isn't due to production companies. How so? Well, because they they want these things to make money, and this is why they're doing so many remakes. Okay, that makes sense. And, I mean, really... Talk to anybody in film school right now, like, 90% of them will say, I don't want to do a remake, but I will. Well, I mean, it's a job. Yes, I, think an ex- I, th- I think to an extent that's, that's a fair reason. What makes it worse is that people go see these things. I don't know. I saw RoboCop, and I really liked it, even after the- loving the original. But see, there you go. People still see these remakes. If no one saw these remakes, they wouldn't get that's fair. Yeah. But to but to that point, I think there are definitely cases where some remakes are better than the original, and obviously vice well, that's versa. A different discussion for a different time. So, I mean, quality. No, I don't. I don't. Dis- I don't disagree. I'm just saying there's obviously a reason it works. Well, well, quality is not what I'm touching on here. The thing that you see all these remakes is is very simple. It's been done once and it was successful. And that's right. why they want to recapture that lightning in a bottle. No matter, no matter how much money you waste, no matter how much, you know, it's going to cost. These things are tried and true successes or tried and true fads that are going to be with us for the end of time. And this right. is why, you know, these remakes are getting made and these big 
budget productions of things that have been done before are getting made because people will go, go see them guaranteed. They may hate it, they may love it, but at the same time, they're all, all, always going to go see it because of the fact that these things have been successful. On that note, how do you feel about the supposed new Matrix films? Or did, or have you not heard about that? I, I have, and quite honestly, like Matrix Revolution really just showed you you can have a great idea all you want, but if you don't have the money or the backing to get it done, then don't do it. All it is is really a big fight scene. And I and I don't want to I don't want to like say anything bad about the Wachowskis, but like the the feeling of it was the the first Matrix movie they 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 didn't know it was going to be as successful as it was, and they didn't have the correct money or the correct contracts to get those other two films made. It's like the opposite right. of what happened with the Lord of the Rings. I'll be honest with you though. In context of the first movie, like, if you watch all three of them together, it's a pretty enjoyable story. Even if the other two movies aren't as good, it's still a pretty solid story. But I think it's because, well, I'm not going to blame Revolution so much because they literally, Keanu Reeves was literally paying out of his own pocket to get that movie made towards the end. Yeah, yeah. And I I met a guy that worked on the, the visual effects, the actual visual effects, not the computer stuff. For the Matrix Revolutions, when the Matrix were loaded, like they were literally losing money on yeah. the set, which is unfortunate. And really, the blame goes to equally to Warner Brothers and the Wachowskis. Yes, I agree. I'm sorry. I mean, if you're the producers or the driving force, you need to get that financial backing, you know, squared away. Especially if you're making a movie like this. If you're making a remake of The Notebook, you, I don't think you have to worry too much. But with something with, that has so many visual effects and so many action sequences. Well, not just that, but you were also filming it back to back. You should have seen this coming. Yeah. And, which, and this is why I say it's the opposite of The Lord of the Rings. Right. They knew that this was, this was going to be like a big production, whether it made money or not. They knew yeah. it was going to make a big pr- production. Um, I think Michael's going to be jealous of me on two of, on these two things. Um, first of all, the the sequel to Arkham City, Batman Arkham City, has just been released. It's called Arkham Knight. I got at GameStop a poster from that, oh. that commemorates um, Batman's fi- 50... Um, 75th year with all of the Batman past Batman covers on it. Oh, I am jealous. But you're going to be, I think you're going to be even more jealous when you hear this story. You've seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from the 1980s, the cartoon version. Yes, of course. And did you love this show? I did. Um, I just found out the university I go to one of my professors is the voice of Donatello. No. Yes. The original? Yes. Oh. And I actually got to shake his hand. Oh. Yes. Sorry. Man. Did you get a pic? Did you get a picture? No. 
He's my professor. I'm not going to ask him to take a picture. Dude, I would totally have asked him to take a picture. I'm, well, Pro- professor or not. Well, that's no, pretty awesome. I, I just wanted to shake. I'm, but you know, I'm not that kind of guy, man. No, I understand. Yeah, I'm not that kind of guy. I get it. Yeah, but he, he was the voice of Donatello. That is pretty sweet. This is how awesome it is to live in Los Angeles. Yes, they're they're the good, awesome people, and then they're the crazies. Well, like, I don't even notice the crazies anymore because <laughs> they all look the same. Well, they all do. Well, in one day, I saw the the exact same three homeless people looking for for money that I've seen like off and on the last two or three years I've lived in Los Angeles. Wow. In the same day. Wow. Yes, Arkham Knight is going to be the final, the final, um, in the Arkham series for Batman video games. And it's only going to be on Xbox One and PS4. Which really sucks for those people who NPC, don't have sorry, those. NPC. Yeah, NPC. Yeah. Yep. Because, spoiler alert, if you've not played Arkham City, the Joker's, de- the Joker's dead, and he's... And Scarecrow is rounding up all the, the villains that are still alive to try to take out Batman. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it looks pretty awesome. And if you pre-order now, you can play as Harley Quinn. That's awesome. Do, do you understand this whole Harley Quinn um, phenomenon? Not really. I mean, quite frankly, I like the character, but I like her in context of being a supporting character to a supporting character. I don't necessarily like her on her own. I think I think she's kind of being blown out of way too much out of proportion. Not that I don't like her, because I do, and I really like Paul Dini, who created her. So I, I mean, there's all that. But here's the here's the thing. I don't know. You may disagree with me, but I don't think that's going to happen with this. Here's the reason why I think the fans, the fan girls, I should say, love Harley Quinn so much. It isn't even her as a character. They can see themselves as Harley Quinn. Very much how a lot of the fans could see themselves as Peter Parker. But let's think about that for a second. Think about how disturbing that actually is when you say that out loud. Yeah, I've heard it. I've heard it. And I've heard Because quite honestly, that's not okay. Like, no, like, let's forget that it's a fictional character. Cute na- naivete, not just because of what she does, if that makes sense. I hope that's not the case, because she's a murdering psychopath who's in love with a murdering psychopath. I've often said that she is crazier than the Joker. I believe in some cases that's true. Because she knows what he is, but she's still in love with him. And on the other hand, there's some things that he does that she just doesn't do. Or won't do. Well, it's like Sid and Nancy. Yeah. It's very much like a Sid and Nancy thing. Check your Google Plus right now. Alright. Come on, Chrome. Everybody uses Chrome now. I like Chrome. I think it works. It's just a little slow when it starts up. Yeah, I, I like... I like Firefox. I used to use Firefox all the time. And now everybody uses Chrome. Yep. I'm calling and Google's going to become Skynet. Google already is. 
Oh, I hate you so much. Yeah, that that's the poster I have. That's, that's, actually, you know what? I'm going to send you something that I got. From my, <laughs> because now I want to try and make you jealous. Look at it this way. Go, go to GameStop and get your poster. Yeah, I know. It's it's pretty sweet. And, I I do love that. And do you, do you do you get your posters matted and framed? Um, for the most part, yes. How much is that? Depends on if you're into the cheaper frames or you want a more expensive frame because frames can cost a lot. Get 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 me get me like take some pictures of some posters you've gotten matted and framed. You know what I mean. Which are none of the ones here. All the ones I've matted and framed are unfortunately out of state. Okay. But once once I'm there, I will for sure. Because because I, I just I just get the cheaper frames from Hobby Lobby, the ones that have like the four corners that you just snap on and have the little cardboard background because those are like twenty bucks. And if you get anything more than that, they can range up to fifty to like seventy five bucks. I've seen. Yeah, because I don't want to just nail it or like push pin it on my wall. No, you don't want to do that. Because then then they don't last. And for something like this... Yeah, you want that to last. Yeah, because that's awesome. Yeah. No, absolutely. Y- yeah, you just got to be careful, like, what you get. Because if you get something too cheap, it'll fall apart and it could damage it. Yeah. But if you get something too expensive, it's... I mean, it's too expensive. Yeah. So you got to really gauge that for yourself, I think. Okay. Send me send me a link of the the kind of um like frames that frames that you use because I really I really want to do that just because you know what I I these kind of posters they're not gonna come around again they're gonna be very hard to find later on. Yeah, let's see. What do I have? I have a uh, Jurassic Park. I have an original Tron. I have an original tr- uh, Empire Strikes like, Back. For, friend of mine has, um, my friend's dad has a signed Superman the movie poster from Christopher Reeve. That is fantastic. I would actually do anything for that. And that's framed. And when it's not that's framed, awesome. it's in a storage locker under lock and key. <laughs> oh, no kidding. I oh, that's amazing. In our lifetime, I don't think there'll be a better superhero movie than Superman the movie. That's a fair assumption. Yeah. <laughs> and it also leaves you with the kind of a good feeling. Now, Iron Man 1. Iron Man 1. did a good job. Yeah. But, but Iron Man 1 is a whole different animal, too. But seriously, Michael, go, go, to, go to a GameStop. It's only $5 down for reserving the game. You can ask for the money back later on. And you just get a poster from it? Yeah, you just get a poster. That's pretty sweet. Okay, what are the dimensions for your poster? Um, I see. This is why you need to need to go to GameStop and get one because I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't. I'm, okay. I don't collect posters. This is why I asked. Okay. If you can get me to, if you can get me a dimension for your poster, I will find you the right frame. Yeah. You just need to go to GameStop. I know. I do. I. Pr- I mean, I say that, but I probably won't. But I should. If anybody's listening, and if anybody's listening to our, you can buy me one and send it to me. Oh 
no. Uh, <laughs> the poster, like, my, my Twitter is at WSK9002. Michael's is at, at MJPetty7. Um, send us the dimensions and we'll, we'll give, you a shout, give you a shout out on our show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because, because um, again, that poster is pretty awesome. That is a really cool poster. And I can't believe I got it. Actually, Wu, what you should do is you should put uh, the poster online so people can see it. Put it on your uh, Twitter. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I will. Because it's, it's really cool. Okay. Yeah, because this is, this is a really awesome poster. I'll probably do it after we end recording. Um, here, here's one thing that I wanted to run by you. And... I've not even gotten this thing written or anything. I'm just going to do this probably for a class. I want to write an episode of Arrow featuring the Joker. That would be interesting. Like, and it's going to be like a two-part episode. The The backstory is, like, Oliver has, like, shot Harley with an arrow and, and killed her, so to speak. Oh, jeez. And... I mean, that makes me kind of happy, but... <laughs> Not not the Harley fans that I told you. Not the Harley fans. And I'm dead. Um, But Oliver still needs the Joker for something because somebody's trying to um, recreate one of the Joker's crimes using kind of the same gas the Joker used in 89 Batman. Okay. But he he needs to find this person within 48 hours. It's kind of like a Hannibal Lecter kind of thing too. Now, do you mention that Batman already exists? Yeah, but yeah, but I explained that he's actually into bed, like trying to track down Bane and Roger No, that's totally fine. I just, I just without Batman, there can't really be a Joker. So as long as he exists, that's all I mean. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and and like this whole thing is happening in Starling right now. Right, right. Yeah. That's a cool idea. If if you actually write that out and everything i'd love to read it yeah because here's the here's the thing the joker you can have in conflict but i think he's much more interesting just just when he talks look at, look at i think so too look at the killing joke i uh, yeah actually what what's kind of interesting is there was a recent arc on adventures of superman the out of continuity superman comic that max Rand- landis wrote and i'm not a, a fan of max landis at all so there is that, but he did write it, and it's about the Joker and his conflict with Superman, which is very interesting. Elisa Lee actually wrote a review on it for the Superman homepage because she also reviews for the Superman homepage now, which is very cool. By the and way, shout out to those guys; they're fantastic. If you want any kind of DC news, go there. Yeah, Jeffrey yeah, it's, Taylor, it is a great Jeffrey site. Taylor, Professor Michael Bailey, all, the, all those guys are great. David Weider. Steve Eunice. Yes, Steve Eunice. All great guys. But but basically the whole arc is basically just Joker monologuing monologuing to Superman, which I found very interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, the way the Joker looks at life, I can kind of relate to that to an extent. Not that I totally agree, but humanity itself is one of the biggest jokes of all. And how how would you say that? How do you mean? Every social norm, at least in the United States, that we put up for ourselves, we've broken it one time or another. Fair, yeah. 
Well, we're we're fallen human beings. We're constantly changing our moral views on things. And, and the guy in the, the guy in the cloud makeup who's always consistent is the crazy guy. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's what I find most interesting about the Joker. Like, the, the guy, the guy that dresses up like a clown is is speaking more clearly than anybody else. That's definitely an interesting way to look at it. I mean, look at you. I mean, look at the whole. I mean, I don't want to get into like a political thing, but look at the Trayvon Martin thing. But that's just a mess in and of itself. A kid died, and yet a, a man goes free, and no one's been charged. Yeah. That's not horrendously, sickly funny. I don't know what is. I don't know. But, and that and that's what makes the Joker so dangerous. Is when the dude start, starts making sense. Mm-hmm. By the way, the thing about Arkham Knight that I don't like... Have you seen the Arkham Knight trailer that I sent you? Absolutely. Um, I don't like penguins smoking a cigar. I don't mind him smoking a cigar. I just don't like his character design. I don't like him smoking a cigar because you're, that guy's supposed to have a cigarette holder in his hand. Yeah, okay. Because I'm, well, you know what? He's, I'm, he's done both. He's seen, he's done well, both. classicist in that way, I guess. Fair, but like I've said, he's, he's done both in the comics. Yeah. It really just depends on which like issue you're reading. Voice. You don't? I don't like his voice in that game. I like, I like the Batman animated series in general. I agree. Yeah, I don't, I don't like, I don't like his voice and I don't like his character design. Uh, I mean, you could try Burgess Meredith, come on. I mean, it's not that hard. Like, Michael just did it right there. Yeah. I still wanted him to do that voice in Rocky. Yes. That would have been so good. Burgess Meredith, and I can't believe he's still gone. Like, he was one of... He was a actor's actor. Yeah. Yeah. He was good. I did like him a lot. One of my favorite stories, speaking of actors, is, um... Um... Who's the guy that played um, Mr. Smith on on um, what, what was it, Lost in Space? Jonathan Simmons. Oh, jeez, I don't know. I love I, lo- I love the story of him saying Marlon Brando owed him a dollar in the the Bugs Life featurette. <laughs> Marlon Brando owes me a dollar. <laughs> I hear Brando was not the nicest guy to be around. I've heard that too. But you know what? It's a case of when everybody tells you how great you are and you start believing it, that's that's when you have issues. Yeah. And really, that's not really Brando's fault. That's other people telling him that so much. Uh, it's still his fault it's for acting like a jerk. I I think they definitely initiated it, but it was still his conscious choice to act that way. Because what I mean, sorry, but but like with a lot of actors, and I've said this about actors, they're such impressionable people. What do you think's gonna happen when you treat them that way? I don't disagree. I'm just saying there are definitely s- still some down, really down to earth, really nice actors out there who have gotten a lot of praise well, again, because they chose to continue continue to be who they are well again if i'm if i worked with marlon brando i wouldn't be overly directing him i wouldn't because he's that good 
Right. He's not giving me what I want. Okay, I'm, I'm going to step in. But if it, if it works, go ahead. Especially if his yeah. paycheck is as big as it is. Still can't believe, dude. Still can't believe he got paid like $3 million for two weeks of work on Superman. I know. That's ridiculous. Well, and his name was the big name of the first movie. Him and Hackman. Him and Hackman, yeah. Um, did he come before Hackman on the main credits? I, I think he I did. Think it, I think it was him and then Hackman. But they okay. Because no one had really heard of who Christopher Reeve was at that point. Right. And then by the second movie, I think Christopher Reeve was the first. And I, I Which, by the way, I actually like Superman 2 probably the best out of any Superman movie. Lester. The Donner uh, cut. Okay, I was just about to say. Donner. Free! Yeah. Free! Some, some parts of the Lester cut are pretty fun, but the Donner cut for sure. It's, it's my favorite Superman say movie. That when you graduate high school? Free! Yes. Actually, it's kind of funny because I was actually thinking about this the other day. The two Smallville episodes I absolutely have to watch during my senior year of high school, are Spirit and Commencement. Spirit, I have to watch before I go to prom, and I have to watch Commencement the day I graduate. You know what? I did watch that episode before I went to prom. Yeah. I mean, I just have to. That, I'm that going to. That plays Don Siles is a dick as a character, but my God, is that girl pretty. Yeah. Like oh I, yeah. Like I saw her on Charmed, and apparently she doesn't even have that accent. Like that was, like the Russian accent. Oh, that's that cool. Dark that's cool. And everybody thinks Alfred's gay because of that whole thing on the boat. <laughs> I I never even thought about it twice. I could, I could I could see it happening. Both Alfred and Dumbledore are gay. Anyway. No, and no, Frederick Wortham, I know you're long dead, but that does not make everybody in comic books gay. <laughs> no, it does not. Okay, it's either Batman's a pedophile or gay, or both. Because Robin has... Or, or neither? Yes, Jeez. or neither. But it, it doesn't help matters that Barbara Gordon and Bruce Wayne had a relationship. Well, only in that stupid animated series. I shouldn't say stupid because I love it, but like, ugh, that's no one, terrible. No one was clamoring for that. Thank you very much. Yeah, I don't even know how that happened. And then they were, go on and reference it in Mass or not Mass of the Dark Phantasm, Mystery of the Batwoman, and it's like, why would you even bring it up? Yes, and, and probably that's what Bruce Wayne after his first night with Barbara. What did I just do? Yeah, exactly. Ugh, so, so wrong. Just look at Alfred's face when he walked into Bruce's room. It should have been Barbara and Dick from the beginning, and they should have just left it like that. I'm sorry, the guy that played, played Dick Grayson on Batman Animated Series, they did him really right in the sense of making his voice sound really annoying at times. Yeah, I, I always liked the voice, though. Same thing with Tim Drake, though. Same thing with Tim Drake. Well, Tim Drake was also a younger character. The great Robin debate of the Batman history. Who is the best Robin? I say Tim Drake. I don't I don't know if I can completely disagree. I he's my favorite. If I had to pick right now who I would want to be Robin to to Batman, currently in the comics right now it would be Tim Drake. Now, is Dick Grayson still probably my favorite? Yes. 
Tim Drake is the best, though, I would think. Um, Jason, I think he fulfilled the role better than anyone else. Jason Todd, I have to say this about Jason Todd. What a way to resurrect that character and make him likable. Exactly. Oh, no kidding. Whoever came up with that, I can't think of who came up with that off the top of my head. But if you can't yeah. do that, that's me applauding. I think that's a stroke of genius. I do too. Maybe a less like, How do you make a character that no one liked at all, hardly at all, so likable now? You bring him back from the dead and make so him an anti-hero. Kill him in the worst way, and then bring him back in the worst way possible. But yeah. And no, and know what I find even funnier? They did the exact same thing. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! With Bucky Barnes. No, who is that? You know who that is. No, I don't. And that has nothing to do with what's happening on April 4th. Yeah, that's why I said. But but they did the exact same thing with him. You mean Chris uh, Angel? Yes. Yes, Chris Angel. Apparently Sebastian Stan has been signed on for three more movies after this. Doesn't surprise me. And yes, I'm dodging around it because I'll lock up. I'm trying to keep it under wraps. I really am. I mean, quite honestly, if anyone wanted to know, it'd be so easy for them to figure it but out. still, a lot of people don't look that up. They just go to see movies. True. And True. That's why I'm but, that, but that's why I say, spoiler alert, because I don't want anyone to be that to be ruined because of me. But, but all I'm like, saying is... Well, it is a spoiler and it isn't because it's not really explained how the Winter Soldier came to be that way. Well, it is actually in the book. In the book, yeah, but not in the context of this movie. Well, we don't know yet. We haven't seen it. Yes, and by the way, speaking of Captain America, congratulations, Miss Johansson. You are going to be the hottest pregnant woman ever. <laughs> hey, maybe this means she won't be in as much of Avengers 2. I wonder how they're going <laughs> to I'm totally okay with her just being benched, to be honest. Oh, come on. Her and Hawkeye, they could just be benched. And don't, actually just kill off Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Hey, I, she's hot and she's good, and I like her as Black Widow, but... My friend actually met her at Comic-Con. And that's pretty awesome. Pictures do, not, pictures do not lie, she's a very lovely woman. That's awesome. But here's the thing, there's much more you could do with Widow than you could do with Hawkeye. But that's why I think she's in Winter Soldier. Yes. And, and Hawkeye isn't. And what, why do you love Captain America so much as opposed to all the other Avengers? In this because he's the most like Superman. Yes. He's the most like Superman. That's why. He is the Superman of the Marvel Universe. You think he, do you think it's fair to say he's more like Johnny Storm? See what I did there? Haha. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, I like Captain America the most. That would be hilarious, actually. Yeah. As um, as uh, what's her name? Or or Michael Chiklis would be his superior. Yes. Yes. And he's like, ha. No way. That's cracking so out. good. Aren't you, little boy? No, no. You mean Captain America has someone above him? He does, and it's called the good old USA. I feel the fortitude just flowing through me. Oh no. When I saw that in the theater, I flipped out. 
Because we've heard he was going to be in Thor, the Dark World, but like I was thinking, like, what is? How could he be there? And then I saw what, what, the thing with Loki, and I was like, oh my god. Yeah. And I'm glad they went into the detail of putting him in the old suit. Yes. Because it wouldn't make yes. sense that he would be in the new suit. No, it wouldn't. Because that's not how Loki saw him. Yes. And by the way, Michael is either my Red Arrow or my Falcon, even though he's not black. Dude, I'd totally be your Falcon. <laughs> or, or, or is the internet calling him Black Robin? Ugh. They need to stop with that, because Falcon is an awesome character. And he's nothing like Robin. And he's nothing like Robin. That guy played actually Tupac Shakur in a Biggie Smalls biography movie. That's why when I saw him cast it, it's like, ah, oh, you casted Tupac. <laughs> Funny. But I can't believe we're doing Tangent Time now, especially with what's coming up, coming in theaters next week. With the Muppets? Yes. Yes, I'm excited for that. Because, because Scooter has the movie, like Jagger. And then the week after that, Noah comes out, and I'm really excited about that one. Ah, uh, Noah. Yeah, I'm going to be rereading Genesis 5 through 8 before I go see that movie. <laughs> For sure. Well, didn't Noah already come out, though, and it was called Bruce Almighty 2? <laughs> I, I hated that movie. <laughs> yes, one of my... You want to make the the conservative Bible thumpers man make God a black guy and then do what you did with Noah? Oh, I don't even mind God being black. Especially like, don't don't guy. don't call me a racist because I don't mind that. Well, but I, I wasn't. I was just saying. Well, I know. I'm least, kidding. At least God was more than Freeman. It's true. And I can't argue very, with that one. He was very concerned about your credit card score. <laughs> I do. And penguins. That, that movie's just brutal. God would say penguins as well. Yes. As Absolutely. We all, as we all should. Um, no Pixar movie in the summer. It's sad. Isn't it fair to say, though, that Disney Animation's kind of taken over Pixar in terms of what number one and number two are the last few years? Uh, yeah, I agree. Because Pixar's been kind of eh. Like, I enjoyed Monsters of You, but again, it was a prequel. I loved Monsters You. It worked for me. But the reason I liked it was it it was based from characters that I'd already met before. Yeah. And and Frozen comes out on Blu-ray next week in DVD. And it's still in theaters. That that amazes me. That amazes me too. I think this is probably one of the longest movies I've ever experienced in theaters. Well, you have to let it go. Well, to have been in. No, the theaters won't let it go. Because <laughs> the box office is an open door. Adim, Adim Azim. Like, I wasn't watching the Oscars too heavily. Then I turned to Travolta when he was saying that. Like, who is he talking about? <laughs> I, dude, I didn't even watch the Oscars. I did. Ellen was fantastic. Because I knew all the movies I didn't see would win. <laughs> that, that, that should be the advertisement for the Golden Globes and the Oscars. The movies that you didn't see. Win. The movies you didn't see that all these elitist people see. I saw American Hustle, but I'm not an elitist person. Well, okay. Damn, no, I didn't see American Hustle. Director, though. Uh, that's part of the reason I watched it. And um, 
Did I tell the audience and I did did I tell you that I really want to make a script like a lethal weapon in Britain starring Tom Hiddleston and Benedict Cumberbatch? That would be amazing. Just True True Detective season two. Just the back and forth between those two. And then Simon Pegg could be like their version of Joe Pesci. Yes. Their man on the street. Yes. I love it. Get get Edgar Wright to direct that movie. Hey, Wu, have you ever seen The Big Lebowski? Yes, of course I have. <laughs> Good. <laughs> when, he, when he... When Walter breaks up that dude's car, and then the dude breaks up... Walter. Do you see what happens, Larry? No, Walter. I did not think Larry was about to crack. I, I, Actually, the thing I love about that movie, Wu, is that it's an Asian guy who pees on his rug, and his name is Wu. Yes. And I'm like, oh my, oh my lord, yes. Yes, I peed on a guy's rug. Peed on a you guy's peed rug. on his rug. I peed on his effing rug. <laughs> that effing rug tied the room together. Yes. Eight, eight-year-olds, dude. Eight, eight-year-olds, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Over the line! I, can't, I cannot take that guy seriously who pays that role. I know. Anytime I see that guy, now it's like... You're it's... the Jesus. <laughs> That movie is so terrible, but so funny. Yes. Um, so quotable, too. So quotable. I, I, I made my uh, buddy watch it the other uh, the other weekend because I'm like, you have to see this movie because of, out of all my friends, you're the one who will appreciate it the most. And all we've been doing this past week and a half has been quoting that movie. Yeah. And no one else gets it except us, and it's so good. I, We're so I, happy. I, th- I think that movie's hilarious. Um, whoa. The my, probably my favorite thing is the, the other dude be, beating up the dude's car. Yes. I, I killed your epic car. I killed your <laughs> I, I cannot watch that movie. And then they're driving home with the in and out burger. Yeah, I cannot, I cannot watch that thing with a straight face. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't. I it's cannot. so funny. Okay, and John Goodman, when he points the gun at the, the one dude, that is the... Yes. But anytime anybody brings a Pomeranian around, I'm like, you bought a Pomeranian in this place? <laughs> she didn't bring it in the place, dude. It's not gonna, t- it's not gonna take your turn, dude. It's not gonna take your turn, dude. I didn't buy effing shoes, dude. I didn't buy an effing beer. I'm not gonna buy the beer, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this is an epic show, dog. We're an epic team. Donnie, you are out of your element. <laughs> Just because we're bereaved doesn't make us saps. That in Ghostbusters has like some of the most quotable lines ever. Yes. Nobody steps out of church in my town. Still, my favorite, actually, two favorite things. When Rick Moranis is under the spell of Gozer. It, he's yes. going into that log spiel, and Harold Ramis got arrested, so turning his head around. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Either that or the scene where Bill Murray's like, you didn't choose anything, I didn't choose anything, you didn't choose anything. <laughs> and they all turned. One one thing about that movie I still do not understand is how my mother, why my mother hates the Ghostbusters theme so much. I don't understand it. No. 
Okay, because Ghostbusters totally ripped off um, the one song about drugs from Huey Lewis and the News. Oh, that's really unfortunate. Yeah, because they asked, the producers asked Huey Lewis and the News, can we use this song? They said no, and they just remixed the song. Why would you say no? Because That's money. Because, because they didn't get it at the time. Mm. So when Back to the Future came around, they did get it. Mm. And it's funny. That's because that's and it's funny. No one knows who Huey Lewis in the news is out outside of Back to the Future or American Psycho. That's so sad. I like Huey Lewis in the news. I like their stuff, but you know, I was also born in the wrong decade. But the news is out of print, apparently. Ooh, did you see the latest episode of Supernatural? No, I've not. Ah, oh. woo. Yeah, I know. You're I know. killing me, man. I know. Ugh. That's that's really unfortunate. Because yeah, it was so good. It. it was so good. Are, are you happy that Supernatural's getting a season 10? I am very happy. I'm happy from the standpoint that this will probably be the last season. I'm happy because they'll break 200 episodes. And I'm happy because, quite honestly, even though I haven't enjoyed the last few seasons of Supernatural as much as the original five, it's still Supernatural, and I still love the characters, and I'm still excited about the story. Okay, can we... I'm gonna pause for a sec. Yeah, yeah, I'm really, I'm really happy that um, Supernatural gets a season ten. I think, I think it's the right thing to do for the show, Jordan, and. I I I would be mad at this point if they ended the show just because of where they're setting it up. You mean this season? Oh yeah, this season. Sorry. Yeah, I agree. I don't know I how agree. I feel about the backdoor pilot though. I think we'll have to wait and see. It's episode twenty. It's going to be called Tribes because the original show was Supernatural Tribes, but they changed the title to Supernatural Bloodlines, which I think is interesting. Who's the creator of the show? I think it's Robert Singer and Eric Kripke. I think they're the ones doing it. Well, Kripke's involved. Okay. Well, I mean, Kripke's still involved in Supernatural. I think he's involved, as involved in Bloodlines as he is in the main show right now. See, I which is still fairly involved. I want Kripke to at least write the pilot. I think Robert Singer's writing the pilot. Okay. But still, I want him involved in the pilot somewhere. I, I do, too. But the large appeal of this show is Jared and Jensen. Yeah, absolutely. You don't like that. I don't like that particularly, but that's where the like the main focus of the show has been. And I don't know how Simbitnoff's going to do. I don't either. I mean, they they have their main people casted. We'll see. Or cast. We'll see. And I've said I don't think I've ever said this to you before, but part of the reason why Supernatural worked initially is because Jared and Jensen were seen on different things. Yeah. Like, Jared, I've seen, I saw him on, like, three three different shows. Like, Jensen Ackles, I saw on Dawson's Creek and on Smallville. Mm-hmm. I think th- that's because they were so well-known. That's why the show did so well initially. Do you know who they were other than, well, obviously you knew who Jensen was. but you know I knew Jensen because of Smallville, but I did not know who Jared Padalecki was, no. Yeah. If you, it, it, see, that, that's the thing. If you watch the WB long enough, you'll see the same people on yeah, and see, I didn't really, I mean, I watched the WB a little bit, 
but not really that much. Because Chad Michael Murray... I watch the CW more. Chad Michael Murray was in a ton of stuff before he got into the show. Okay. Yeah. And it's so weird to see Hilary Burton on One Tree Hill just because I... She literally was a fan on... T, that got picked... A fan of TRL that got picked to do something and then became a VJ. And that's where she got the job as an actress. Hmm. Like, literally, they picked her up off the street in a contest. That's how she got discovered. Interesting. And now she's on White Collar. Wow. You know, you know Neil's on-again, off-again girlfriend, Sarah? Mm-hmm. That's Hillary Burton. Okay. She literally got picked up off the street off in New York on TRL. And that's how she got a job as a VJ. And that's how she got a job on One Tree Hill. Wow. Yeah, and I saw her, and I saw her, her debut episode, too. It's crazy. Wow. Power of MTV, or what MTV used to be, I should say. No kidding, but going back to Bloodlines for a minute, it looks like, and this is just based off the Wikipedia page, so I don't know how reliable this is. Probably pretty reliable, but we'll see. The executive producers include Robert Singer, Eric Kripke, Jeremy Carver, McGee, and Andrew Dabb. So basically everybody that's been on Supernatural for like the last 10 years. Yeah, so I I don't know if if they're on board with it, I'm on board with it. I quite frankly, I really hope Kripke focuses on Revolution at this point as well as Supernatural season ten, more so than the spinoff. But if he can do all three, I'm okay with that too. Um, here's the here's the I'm glad they're calling it a backdoor pilot because that's really what it is. Like How I Met Your Dad cannot be called a pi- a spinoff unless you have one of the characters from the original show on the show. Mm-hmm. That's the term spin-off. Yes. This is not a spin-off um, tribes. This is a backdoor pilot to something else. Yes, I agree. Because of, spoiler alert, because of what happened to Garth. Can't have Garth. Right. And that was, I'm sorry, that was just a bad way to end his character. Yeah. I was I was very disappointed. I don't know what I'm more disappointed about that or or how they wrote Martha Kent off Smallville. Uh, probably Garth. Yeah, because Martha Kent kind of made sense. That made sense in context of season five. And and of course of how they were writing her on the show to begin with, anyway. Yes. Like, you could clearly see, if you watch season six of Smallville, um, and I'm going to talk about Smallville in just a sec, but if you watch that season six, it's clear that Annette O'Toole's time is running short on that show. Yeah. And and they don't hide that fact at all. Yeah. Which I They're preparing you. Sad, actually. It's like after John Schneider left, they were, like, Martha Kent literally had nothing to do. Yeah. I mean, to an extent, I think... It was okay, because I think it felt more natural by the time she left. But yeah, I get it. But Glover, John Glover got some great material in Season 7. Some yeah. of his best, actually, I think. Yeah. Cause he got I agree. Brainiac, he got to play this crazy dude. He got, got an amazing run with Rosenbaum. Well, yeah, he got to do a lot. Yeah. He got to do a lot, which was cool. Yeah. Um... Why do you love Smallville so much? And then I'll get to my point. I think I love Smallville so much for a lot of different reasons. I think for me it really made Superman a character that I could actually 
relate to in a Peter Parker sort of way. I think it really helped me understand who Superman was in a way I didn't before. And I think it really was exciting for me because it was a live action superhero show on TV that I could actually watch and not have to sit in front of a TV watching a cartoon. And not only that, it really was my gateway show into watching a lot of live action dramas. Okay. I have not watched Smallville in like two years. And quite honestly, I haven't planned to in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's because I have much more of a love of what... Well, let me, let me, take, let me take that back. Maybe it's because I've been so inundated with Superman so much that I really didn't see the appeal of Smallville in its early years. And maybe it was trying to be too much like a Buffy-esque type show. Maybe that's why I just didn't see the appeal of it initially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think one of the reasons why it's so beholden so much is it's because it's the last version of Christopher Reeve's Superman we'll probably ever see again. Yeah. And especially what's going on now, I think that's very possible. Yeah. Um, I... I I particularly I particularly can watch the season one through season four for nostalgia. I I think season five and season six are 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 passable at best, with a couple of exceptions. Fair. But I think the best run was season eight through season ten. I think for comic book fans, absolutely. Yes. I think if you want purely Superman based story. One through six. I here's the thing about one through four because five and six can be like their own like five six and seven can be their own separate animal in and of themselves. Yeah. Which is kind of which is kind of really interesting for a series like this. You have one through four, which is its own thing. Then you have five through seven, which is its own thing. Then you have eight through ten, which is its own thing. And you know, to an extent, that really makes sense in terms of life, really. Yeah. Because you have high school, which is your one life. You have, after that, your college life. And then you have your adult life. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I, I still hold this theory. Smallville would not have lasted as long as it did if it, were, if it was on NBC. If it was on any other network other than the CW, it would not have lasted. Nothing lasts on NBC. So, absolutely, I agree. Well, I mean, here's the thing. They couldn't find something that had the appeal of Smallville to replace it with. Yeah. And, uh, and, and same thing with Supernatural, too. And, and you might disagree with me on this, but I think the reason that Birds of Prey and Aquaman failed was because they tried too much to be like Smallville. I agree with that for Aquaman. I don't agree with that about Birds of Prey. It still had that flair to it. Yeah, but it was more of a superhero show than Smallville was at the time, so I don't agree. Funny enough, um, I, I was just thinking about this just now. Remember the Tarzan show? Yes. The Kripke Tarzan show, yes. <laughs> and if you look at that now, that, that, that show now on, the, now on the CW is called Beauty and the Beast. Yep. <laughs> that it is. Oh my. It is. It is sad. It, in, it looks like Arrow meets Beauty and the Beast. 
Well, that is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I like Smallville just for, and I'm going to admit something right now. I like Smallville because of the community aspect that it formed. Yeah. No show has, That's fair. No show has, like, developed a, a fan following, like, let's just face it, Supernatural fans are just mean to each other. Well, that depends, but yeah. Generally speaking, yeah. Arrow, Arrow's still young enough where there's not really a fan base to it yet. And, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I don't know if there is a fan base there. Kidding, kidding. <laughs> is, the, is there one? <laughs> I'm not sure. But there wasn't, like, a community aspect of, of fans like there was on Smallville. Yeah. I agree. I, like, part of the reason I loved watching Smallville is doing this afterwards. Yeah. Talking to, be, talking to people that I liked afterwards. Like, I get a little bit of it with Once Upon a Time, but it's not the same thing. Yeah. Um, I agree. Um, and, God, that, that finale of Smallville is still one of the funnest nights of my life. And I know that's going to sound yes. funny, but that's still one of the funniest times of my life. I l that was a great night for me, too. Yeah. Just because, just because like, and I've said this, this before on the show, I literally was going to move out of my apartment, like, two days after. Yeah. If you, and, maybe I'll, and maybe I'll post this on ATA some, someday, because I still have my shoe goodbye video. I still have it. Um... Um, like, I lit, I, if you watch that video, I'm literally moving from my, um, up apartment the day later, like a couple mm -hmm. days later. I was out. Yeah. And actually the shirt I'm wearing, I actually lost it. The shirt that I wear in the, in the, in the episode, I actually lost that shirt. I don't know where it is. No, that's unfortunate. Yeah. It was just a plain white shirt, but... There is some Marvel stuff we're we have to talk about. Um, a lot of controversy about Gwen Stacy. Is she going to die or not? I think she is. I don't know. I honestly don't. I she honestly don't even want to... Go ahead and invest in insurance for that neck. She absolutely can, and she absolutely couldn't. I don't know. Um... I have I I have to I have to say um really looking forward to Winter Soldier. Um Yes. Do we have any idea what do we have any idea what the um the uh, quota video is going to be afterwards? The uh after credit scene? Yeah. Yeah, it was leaked online. I'm not I'm not going to say it's a spoiler stuff. But can you say what what it's referring to? Like what uh, referring to? Well, uh, quite honestly, one of the scenes is blatantly a. It's about Winter Soldier. It's about that actual movie. Okay. The other. It's not like the end of Thor where we get a Guardians of the Galaxy. No, and then it, okay, and okay, I okay. think I think there's another one that is more Guardians of the Galaxy ish. Has but I don't. But I don't remember. That Captain America Three is going to be called Civil War. 
Avengers 3? Be Civil War? Because I keep hearing news that that's, that's the that's Civil War or something. And like, I'm taking with a, with a grain of salt. That really should be called Thanos. The Civil War would be really cool to see on screen, but I don't, I don't know if I'd want to. I would want to see that for the Avengers 4, honestly. I mean, yeah. But before we go, we need to address something. I think it's pretty obvious that Marvel and DC are like, like bizarro each other in terms of Marvel does very good movies and DC does very good TV shows, animated or otherwise. Yes. And do you think Batman just or um, DC just needs to focus on making really good TV? Seeing that that's what they're really good at doing. I mean, I want I want movies still, yeah, and I think I think if it, Man of Steel and the Dark Knight trilogy show anything, it's that they can make them if they really try. Yeah, but that's the that's the thing. Like, I don't want I don't want something just to be epic for the sake of epic. I mean, I don't care. If we get something that's epic and they want it to be epic and they promote it as something that's epic and it is, I'm okay with it. I don't care. Lots of use of epic here. Lots of use of epic. Once again, I I still think it kind of sucks that we're doing Tangent Time this week instead of next week because we would devote an entire episode to the Muppets. Yeah, pretty much. Probably Friday. I'll probably see it Saturday. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll probably end up seeing it Friday, but I, I don't know. I still want to see what Tom Hiddleston's role is going to be. Yeah. Yep. Um, I am excited for that, too. And then a week later, I think Winter Soldier comes out. Yes. No, well, is it a week? Uh, no, it's two weeks later. Doesn't this kind of feel like what Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. should be? Winter Soldier in terms of... Yes. Well, and I don't know how Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is even going to survive after the end of Winter Soldier. I don't even know how it's going to be a show anymore. Based on what I've read. I mean, it's a show now? No, I'm just kidding. Kidding. Well, but that's what I mean. It could... At this point, it can only get worse. I think. That's my opinion. But I don't know. Unless it's something really radical, which I would not suggest doing at this point. Yeah, I would be very careful with how you do that, then. Um, I really, I think we pretty much wrapped it up. Like, um, I'll put the, I'll put the poster on the Across the Airwaves Twitter and, um, on, on my personal Twitter. If you, if anybody knows the dimensions, please let us know and then we'll probably mention it on Longbow Hunters. Longbow Hunters next, returns next week. We took a week off of Arrow. And do we know if there are any more hiatuses after that? I do not know. We have not heard anything. Okay. Um, and Michael is probably going to watch Once Upon a Once Upon a Time over the summer because they might do a Frozen episode next week. Well, and, and let me let me make sure I was clear about my statement to you when you told me that news. I when I said that, I didn't mean I was going to actually watch the show, but I I will definitely watch that episode. But you're going to have sure. to watch the rest of the show to get what's happening. Like, what's yeah. It's not something that you can just like dive right in. I've seen the pilot. But it's like it's like counts for something. In, it's like lost in that aspect. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I've seen the pilot, so hopefully I'll have enough information to go off of. Okay. But we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Um. 
We're not gonna say our usual stuff because if you listen to Longbow Hunter, Hunters, you you pretty much know who we are. But if you want our contact information, go to acrosstheairwaves.com and you'll find us under the contact us link on the Across the Airwaves website. Um, for that, I am Wes Kim and he is Michael John Petty. Um, did you want to say anything else, Michael? Nope, I think that about sums it up. We'll be back next week with Longbow Hunters, and then we're actually going to be gone for another week after that because I'm going to be out of town, unfortunately, due to spring break. We'll be back again with a double episode. I am. I'm going to go audition for Tribes, yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, yes, it is. Yep. Yeah.